What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Medical Marketing Podcast. Today, we have a special guest on the show to share some of his thoughts and insights about the world of search engine optimization. It's world-renowned SEO expert, Matthew Woodward. Matthew, welcome to the show. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, just by way of introduction, just tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you how did you get into the SEO world? Well, I've been building websites since before Google existed, um, before YouTube, before social media was a thing. I grew up in, in the dawn of esports, competitive gaming, which led me to build my first real website, allowing people to share their highlight videos. This was before YouTube, and as a 13-year-old kid, I lacked the vision to just build YouTube. I... <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that have been nice? <laughs> yeah, it would have been, yeah, because I, I literally built a website for people to share videos, but it was only for that very very small community that I was in <laughs> and I, I lacked that <laughs> that bigger picture in insight you know um and then found myself um you know always a natural I, I was that kid that was always trying to sell you something at school um whatever it was sweets pokemon cards cigarettes the, the whole shebang and um I, as my interest in the web developed, my interest in sales developed, my interest in marketing developed, it all kind of converged when e-commerce started becoming a thing. You might remember on the news when people were like, no one's ever going to buy online, no one's going to put their credit card details in a website, how can you trust, Who do you, you don't know who you're giving, you, you, you might remember all of that time. Sure, sure. Well, that, that was about at the time I was getting into e-commerce, so... <laughs> For me, it's kind of lucky that all my natural interests and technology and, you know, people's opinions of the internet and, and things all kind of converged into the right moment that, that pivoted and allowed me to pursue digital marketing full time. Um, yeah, I've been doing this for nearly nearly 20 years now. Um which is like half of my life. <laughs> and did that evolve into client work at some point, going from working on your own stuff to then working on behalf of others? Yeah, I've I've done a lot of client stuff. I have an SEO agency based in London, but during that transition, I took clients personally and built that side of the business from there. Um, so I've really seen it all, not just from my own sites that I rank, which is mostly what I do, but through working through clients, and um, you'd be amazed at some of the types of clients that we get and the problems they have. <laughs> sure, sure. And obviously, you know, through all of that experience over the last 20 years, you've seen Google and other search engines change and grow a lot. You know, certain tactics and strategies come and go, and you got to kind of navigate your way through that because this is an industry that changes all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it is constantly changing. Uh, when I started doing SEO, link building was not a thing. Um, mm -hmm. Google had not yet launched, and, and they introduced the link graph towards the end of, of, of 98. Um, back then, it was just about on-page, who can have the highest keyword density. Sure. So um, you'd literally just load up a page with the content that you wanted to rank, and then just put white text on a white background so you couldn't see it, and just spam your keyword to like a thousand percent keyword density. Whoever had the highest keyword density ranked number one. Um, so it's definitely changed. But uh, 
in general right now, I would say in the last 10 years, although things have changed, the fundamentals and foundations haven't. Um, I often find that people make mistakes chasing the, the new strategies and new this and new that. And while people are distracted chasing that, they usually haven't taken care of the basics and, and, and then are wondering why they're struggling to rank. It's a common problem. I, I think humans are just attracted to the complicated solution. Sure. Um, but, you know, like with any business, whether, whether you're a medical practice, a, a restaurant or an SEO, if, if you don't do the very basics right, it doesn't matter what complicated or you know intelligent things you think you're doing because you're not going to have the success if you haven't built that foundation first. Um, so the foundation hasn't changed, and uh, I feel like it's it's skipped over by many people in in the pursuit of change and something new. I was browsing around your website and I love the tagline that you have on there, which is connecting the dots between humans and bots. <laughs> and, you know, most marketing people I know, we're all data nerds. And I think that oftentimes we too easily get distracted by those technical aspects of what we're doing. You know, the code, the A-B testing, yes. the best practices and optimizations that we implement to try to make the computers happy. But it sounds like what you're saying, at, you know, at the heart of everything we do is the end user, which is a real human. I mean, in your view, isn't that really what SEO is all about? Yeah, I mean, um, well, first of all, that tagline, I don't know who came up with that. I stole it off a T-shirt on Amazon um, and I've Googled <laughs> the tagline and I've never seen anyone publish it not on a T-shirt. So I don't know who made it or who created it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I borrowed it. <laughs> um but you're completely right. Uh, with big data and analytics and this and that and all the other, it's very easy to get disconnected from the human. We're sat behind a, a computer screen and, and, you know, if sometimes I look at my site and it's like, oh, I only got 2,000 visitors that day. But trust me, if I was stood in a room with 2,000 people in front of me and I was reading them a blog post or a piece of content, mm -hmm. I'd feel that. Yeah. But when I'm sat behind a screen looking at Google Analytics, it's like, mm, you know, it, I, 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 not only do I dehumanize it, I devalue it. Hmm. Um, and I think anyone that, that, that that's nerds do that. Um, anyone interested in data does that. It's very easy to forget that there's a human on the other end of the screen. Like that's 2,000 people that have read your website they've made a first impression they've digested the content in the brain they've processed it and formed an opinion about it that is often forgotten about when you're looking at, at google analytics so um you know the, the the human is is the center to it the human is the person that's going to get their wallet out and buy something Mm -hmm. Google, in a way, kind of fueled the fire a, a little bit over the last years in that um, the algorithm was so uh, non-human centric. It was so data centric and, and it still is, but it was it's data centric to the point where people were just throwing up crappy content that didn't actually help the human just because that's what performed right in the search engines. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it was like that for many years and as a consequence of that that's bred a lot of seos that have never even thought about the human because they never had to yeah sure 
they're just trying to game the algorithm and, you know, come out on top. Yes. Never really thinking about the person. Hey, am I actually delivering value? Am I actually producing great content? Yes, yes. And that's, that's uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy mistake because we're just looking at data all the time. You, you never connect with a person. It's very easy to become disconnected from the reality of what's actually happening. Yeah. You know, connecting the dots between humans and bots, that is what we're here to do ultimately. Sure. Um, yeah. But it just seems like we've we've been connecting the dots between servers and bots rather than humans and bots. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so let's let's talk about Google a little bit. So you know, as you've kind of alluded to, we've talked about Google's changing all the time. So it can be really difficult to stay on top of everything that's going on in the SEO world if you don't live it and breathe it 24/7. And I know a lot of people, you know, we tend to get distracted by, oh, what's new and what did Google do this week and that kind of thing. But just thinking more broadly, what are some of the biggest developments in the SEO world at the moment or in recent months and years and kind of what do they mean for the future of search and where we're headed? The, the the only guarantee in SEO is change, right? <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's always it's always a a moving target, so to speak. But I, I kind of spoke about it before. If you do the fundamentals right of your SEO, if you build a website and an experience that people love, it's likely that Google will love it as well. You might need a technical SEO just to make a few changes here and there, but mm-hmm. in general, uh, if you've built something that humans love, Google will love it as, as well. Um, the reason for that, and the reason that's true now more than it was in the past, is because Google have got much better at understanding language questions. They, um, you know, before people would search for like buy car, now they search for things like buy a red honda civic from you know 2001 sure um and google have got much better understanding queries and as such then being able to match uh documents of those queries in a very accurate way that's now moved on to the point of voice search where google are so confident in the result that they return that you can ask a google home a question and specifically in the medical world, you can ask it a medical question mm-hmm. and it's going to come back with a medical answer. And in July, I forget the news corporation, one of the big ones, NBC, someone like that, posted a case study that demonstrated Google was now the most accurate voice medical device in comparison to Alexa and Apple's offerings. Mm. Um and that is very interesting because for you to be able to blindly ask a medical question and a device return a single accurate answer from all of the possible millions of answers that are across all of the internet, that's quite incredible. And that's something we really need to be paying attention to because Google are quite obviously searching for authoritative sources of information in which to serve those answers from because the risks of not serving accurate answers under those circumstances are life and death yeah sure so uh yes so as i mean as many of our podcast listeners will know you know 
we're a healthcare marketing agency. Most of our clients are physicians in private practice. Yeah. And many of these clients and these uh, healthcare providers are solidly in what Google would call, you know, that YMYL space yes. or your money or your life. Yeah. Um, so really the stakes are higher when, hey, if somebody's posting something online that kind of contains suspect medical advice or something like that, that can have an outsize effect, yeah. adverse effect potentially on um, patients. So how should being in the YMYL space influence how healthcare providers go about their SEO strategy? Your SEO strategy just essentially is an extension of your business strategy. So first of all, if you have a doctor's office, it's probably very clean. Everything's probably really organized, nicely presented. When people walk in, they feel comfortable, they feel relaxed. They're greeted by a friendly face, a receptionist. Um, that kind of healthcare experience that you expect in the real world needs to be carried over into the digital world. Mm. So if I land on your website and it's like, it's an eyesore, that is not a true reflection of the experience of your business if I was to visit it and walked in from the street. Sure. First of all, your website needs to be an extension of your physical experience. And if the two are mismatched right now, you need to work on that and, and figure out why that is. You know, I said it before, if you build a website and an experience that humans love, it's likely that Google will love it as well. If you have a physical world business, you know, um, if you owned a retail store, you wouldn't open the retail store with half the shelves missing and all the stock all mixed up. It'd be opened with everything organized, everything done right, um, you know, a proper till system. And you must treat your website in very much the same way. And I don't feel like many people treat their website in the same seriousness as they treat their physical business space. Gotcha. Yeah, it's something that we always tell our clients, like we have to remind them, hey, your patient experience doesn't start when a patient comes into your practice for the first mm -hmm. time. It doesn't start when somebody walks in the door because chances are they've done their research beforehand. They've already seen your website. They've already formed an opinion about you. Yeah. So the way that you're presenting your business and your practice online, um, you know, across all different channels, not just your website, but your social media and your review platforms mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff, it really does matter because you want to have one cohesive picture, one cohesive experience that patients have. Yes, of course, of course, it's got to be, and arguably, arguably the experience starts the moment the symptoms start, mm. because they're already in their mind, oh, I'm feeling sick, maybe I need to go to the doctor, and they're already thinking at that point, from the first moment of symptom, before they've searched, before they've picked up a phone, before anything, they're already thinking, I need to go and see a doctor. And already, if they haven't got one in mind, they're, they're already narrowing the choices in their mind. Oh, well, I need to see a doctor and different people will have different requirements. Um, yeah, you've got to be aware of that from, from, from the, mm -hmm. very, the, very, the very start of things. And that could be right now that the first thing someone does is asks a voice, a voice assistant. I've got these symptoms. What does it mean? Sure. Yeah you hit the nail on the head the experience starts way before they walk in the clinic um, 
and, and it's easy 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 to forget that as as you're running a, a doctor's practice they have the doctors have the 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 exact opposite problem of seos because they're people centric yeah and they they forget about the digital <laughs> just like and we forget the about the physical like you, you know? and me to remind them yeah <laughs> oh that's funny so uh, in in past episodes of this podcast we've touched on EAT a little bit and why it's an important part of Google's algorithm and for those of you who might just be joining us for the first time if you've never heard of that before EAT stands for expertise authoritativeness and trustworthiness so we now know that Google doesn't specifically have an EAT score as part of their algorithm, but we also know from their search quality evaluator guidelines that it's still important to pay attention to. So I guess my question for you is, what should healthcare professionals know about EAT and how does that factor into the fact that they're in this your money or your life space and Google kind of treats them um, with a little more strictness, if you will? Yeah, yeah. Um, this again comes back into a, a comparison of the, the physical experience and the digital experience. If you were to put yourself in a patient's shoes and you were searching for a doctor, and these were doctors that you'd never heard of before, you'd never had recommendation, they were just cold discoveries, that person then needs to make a choice. Which one am I going to? To go with and that is usually going to be made from looking at things like uh, your qualifications mm -hmm. your experience reviews what other people have said and those things are eat signals mm -hmm. people are looking are you an expert you know have you got the qualification are you authoritative you know have you got a good reputation have you got good experience on your side and then from reviews are you trustworthy mm -hmm. because ultimately uh, doctors must be trustworthy um, which is not always the case <laughs> but uh, all, all of those offline things, offline signals that people would look for need to be coherent in your digital space. And that is done in a number of ways online, um, very, very simply. And I'd be surprised if a doctor's office doesn't have this. You need to make sure you have basic information, address, phone number, company registration information, anything that's legally required. Um, all of those very, very basic things, any terms and conditions, all of those kinds of things need to be in play. You also need to make sure that on your about page, you're detailing your staff, who they are, and all of those signals that build into eat. Why are they an expert? Why are they authoritative? Why can you trust them? The more information you can provide, the better. Not just from a Google standpoint, but from the standpoint of the patient making the decision of, is this the place I'm going to go to? Sure. You know, um, and eat. Uh, so design also feeds into eat. You know, if we hit a website and it's messy and doesn't look good and there's no consistency in in the design elements and things like that, you go, well, that's kind of 
it's it's a distrust it's a signal of distrust mm-hmm. um so everything of your digital presence feeds into eat and the best way for anyone to evaluate it themselves even without any digital experience or seo experience is just to literally put themselves in a customer's shoes and start searching and see what they find for you, for your practice if you if you're a doctor that's listening put yourself in a patient's shoes do the searches that they would kind of do to find you and see if along that journey you feel like you're building expertise authoritiveness and trustworthiness uh, that that observational exercise will often reveal a lot of weaknesses and holes you might have been featured in some kind of medical journal but you never updated your website with it you know sure, um, sure. And, and that kind of thing's easy to forget about um so do that review but do it manually do it with your eyeballs do it from the customer's experience start searching and at the end of the experience do you feel like you've built trust with this 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 digital entity before you pick up the phone Mm -hmm. no that makes a lot of sense and if you really do put yourself in a customer's shoes in a patient's shoes so many of these decisions you know about who you're going to buy from or uh, what practice you're going to go see for any given medical condition. It really comes down to the questions of, hey, w- what do I think about this person or this business? You know, do I like them? Do I want to associate with them? And at the end of the day, like, can I trust them? Because these are pretty high stakes things, especially if you're talking about the medical world. Um, can I actually trust them with my medical condition? Can I trust them? You know, kind of these early questions of the internet when e-commerce was out there, hey, can I trust this site with my credit card? Exactly, like, yeah. we're, we're asking similar sorts of questions, um, you know, even though we're 20 years on from when that stuff first came out, yeah. we're, still, we're still asking those kind of things and that's still important for people, sounds like. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about content marketing. So content marketing, it's obviously a great way to drive traffic to a website and creating great content can certainly help your organic rankings. But a big challenge is to create content that, you know, people actually want to read. Um, I think healthcare in particular is an interesting and challenging industry in this regard. So let me pose a question to you. Do you think doctors should blog? Um, for what purpose? For what goal? I would say for, like, say for an SEO goal, for the, the goal of increasing and improving your rank in search. The the best way a doctor can go about blogging is blogging not to increase their rankings in search, but blogging in order to increase the number of people that come through the door. That will inherently allow them to grab more visibility in search, but it shouldn't be the reason that they do it. And I say that because if you start blogging for search, we're not connecting dots to humans and bots. Mm-hmm. But as a doctor who is human centric, who has patients coming through the door all day, every day, they will be aware of things that algorithms are not. For example, you may have a regional outbreak of dengue. Mm-hmm. In which case, it would be an intelligent marketing decision for a doctor to put together a small guide of how to protect yourself from getting dengue and then market that to their local audience. That, because as soon as the people get 
dengue, they're going to go to that doctor. Mm -hmm. So it's really focusing on answering the questions that patients are asking or doing things that are more topically relevant yep. from yep. what a patient would want to see, not necessarily, oh, what are people you know searching for on Google and how can I try to game the system that way? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and not just topically relevant, but seasonally relevant. Some doctors will be in a place where they can guarantee in the winter months they have a high amount of people coming in with flu. Mm -hmm. um, if you know that and you know that every year, well, then you can just create a few pieces of content that help people with that, how to protect themselves from it, um, how to home medicate, and then ultimately um, what they should do if, if, if it gets really bad and each of those pieces of content should have a call to action to to make an appointment you know mm -hmm. um, and then those pieces of content should go out of course they should go out with keywords in mind but keywords should not be the formation of the idea the formation of the idea should be from the doctor if you do that consistently over time not only are you going to see an, an increase in appointments, people are going to start talking about you more. They're going to, even if they don't make a reservation with you and their friend gets ill, they're going to be like, hey, read this. This really helped me. He's a local doctor. And sharing your content and that kind yeah. of thing. You know, he's a local doctor. He's a local, like, that. that is trust, the fact that the doctor's local and that advice is, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So having your finger on the pulse of, 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 epidemics you know things that come and go and have any pulse on seasonal illnesses as, as, as a doctor you can really use that to, to to uplift every area of your business now as a doctor i'm not suggesting that you write the content um your time is better spent doing what you what you were trained to do but it's likely that you have juniors or assistants or other people that you could just give a very basic bullet pointed framework to 50 words that a junior could expand into something really nice and then you could come back and give your final review in in so in 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 that regard should doctors blog yes uh, should doctors blog just for the sake of seo no gotcha so uh, what would you say because many of our clients are you know uh many of our clients are healthcare practices that focus more on like elective surgeries, things like LASIK or plastic surgery or things like that. What would you, what advice would you have for one of those clients who it's not necessarily, you know, uh, something that's seasonal or an outbreak of X, Y, or Z. It's more a procedure that a patient is considering and they're going through trying to do their research, find all of their options and that kind of thing. What, uh, what advice would you have to practices like that in terms of creating content and trying to rank for it? In, in that case, again, I wouldn't be directly trying to rank content. The very first thing I would do is make sure that the website and the content on the website creates trust. And the way I'd create the trust is through education and not only leveraging the doctor-patient relationship, but leverage the teacher-student relationship when people are undergoing those kind of surgeries they're going to have the same worries the same concerns the same problems and they need to be addressed in the content and if you could address those major problems and worries through video content something that inherently builds trust and expertise and authoritiveness 
that is where I would start with the content creation for those kinds of services. Later on, I'd then be looking to leverage that content into search and how we can um, bring in some rankings and additional traffic that way. But the, the, the very foundation of it would be that to make sure I have all of that in place first. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like people can go and learn about the risks of, of whatever surgery from whatever website, right? But it's 10 times more powerful to learn those risks from the person who will actually be doing the surgery. Sure. It makes it more human. And there's yeah. a, there's an opportunity for the physician to educate and to answer questions, to assuage concerns, things like that. But it's more powerful when it's coming from, hey, this is actually your surgeon, not just some guy with a blog. Yeah, yeah. And even if you're communicating advice that already exists, it, it, that that's not the point. It, it, the point is it's coming from you. Um, sure. And yeah, that, that, that creates that relationship before they've walked through the door because they've already met you. They already feel comfortable with you, even though you've never seen them mm-hmm. or even know their name. Um, yeah. And I, I don't feel many people go to that, that, that length and, uh, you know, all, 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 all you need to, all you need really is, is, is an iPhone and a tripod and just speak. That's it. The, 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 the cost of producing something like that is literally just time um, and, and sharing your expertise. And, you know, all of that feeds into your, your eat signals as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we encounter a lot of clients who maybe used to have a robust content marketing strategy and they were doing it with people in mind, you know, actually answering the questions that patients have and that kind of thing. But over time, one thing led to another and other things got in the way. So what about those doctors whose blog has maybe gone cold, hasn't been updated in a few years? How should they go about kickstarting their content marketing with SEO in mind? They, 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 they should, they should, a doctor should never be doing anything with SEO in mind. In, in, in any part of the process. Um, the doctor should only be doing things with humans in mind. And that answering those questions by extension is doing it with SEO in mind, but it's not the reason they should be doing it. And the reason they should be doing it is because they want to build their name. They want to build their brand. They want people to be, you know, when someone gets ill, oh yeah, go see this doctor, he's awesome. You know, they want to be that. So a doctor should only be focusing on producing content that aligns to that. The SEO will come as a natural extension of that. But if you've not updated things for a long time, it's likely you need to go through and have a manual review of your site from a customer point of view. And it's likely you're going to have things out of date on the site. It's likely team members have changed. It's likely... Mm -hmm you've got some other qualification or something to, to add. Um, first of all, go through and update all existing content, make sure it's relevant, make sure it's accurate. While you're doing that, look for weaknesses, look like, okay, well, previously this this content got a bit of success, what can we do to, to double down on that? Why was it successful? Was it because we were blogging about a seasonal illness? Was it because, um, we answered a really common question like why was it mm-hmm. and then double down on that um in terms of of 
um, then from an SEO standpoint, what you could look at is did any of this content used to rank? Does it still rank? Are there any tweaks we could make? You know, okay, it, it, if, if we just put this keyword in the title and, and, and did some on-page optimization, could we increase the rankings there? Um, but that's nothing a doctor should be doing. Um, you know, that, that's, for, that's for people like ourselves to come in and leverage what the doctor's built for the human. And we take that and connect it to the search. The, the search gotcha. yeah. So what do you think is the best way, like how would you go about refreshing old content that's gone stale, maybe used to perform well, but isn't delivering that traffic anymore? Is there like a systematic approach that you take to resurrecting that old content? Or is it more just, hey, we'll, you know, try it on a case by case basis and see what works? Yeah, I mean, if you've got a lot of if you've got a lot of content that's not been reviewed for a while, well, you got you you got to make a big list of it in a spreadsheet and go through it one by one and do a review. Is it current? Is it up to date? If not, update it. Um, you know, stale. Can you, can you imagine walking into a supermarket and buying like stale fruit and vegetables? Yeah, that wouldn't be very much fun. <laughs> like, you wouldn't. You'd just walk out and you'd be like, Ugh, I'm not going there again. Same thing with your website, especially as a doctor, you know? Like, <laughs> I imagine if you're a doctor's web, you know, if you're a, a, some kind of smoking doctor and you're recommending to quit smoking with vapes right now, you might want to go update that content. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> might want to say something new. You know? Um hot topic in the US likely if you're a doctor as well if you're a doctor in that niche and you aren't publishing content to capture that attention right now um, yeah. you know, you, you, if you're not setting selling medical exams off the back of that what, what are you doing um, you know so yeah go through if, if, if content's not being updated for more than six months you need to go through it, manually review. Is it still current? Is it still right? What do we need to add? What do we need to take away? And, and you need to do that because people are forming an opinion on, about you on that content. And that might be a very, very bad opinion just because of how a news story broke a couple of weeks ago, you know? Yeah. And you don't want to appear to be behind the times or not relevant anymore or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we talk a lot about the relationship between SEO and pay-per-click advertising on platforms like Google Ads. So for many of our clients and many doctors in general, SEO is important, but it can take a while to rank for some of those key terms. But at the same time, they also need to be bringing patients in the door right away, especially if they're like a brand new practice. So I know that you focus on SEO a lot, but what part do you see Google Ads playing in a marketing plan? Google Ads and SEO are just components of a marketing plan. Your marketing plan should not just be SEO, neither should it be just Google Ads. You need to do, you know, take a holistic approach, offline and online. So mm -hmm. Google Ads are a quick way of buying the number one position. And if, if you're looking to get literally just turn on leads, it's a great way of doing it. Sure. But it's expensive. Mm -hmm. It's expensive. And if your website sucks and you, you, you've not done all of the things that we've been discussing today, it's going to cost you a lot of money to generate a lead. 
So there is risk in that because you're often paying very expensive fees per click um, without any guarantee of a return. It is an intelligent gambling decision, really. Um, where people can do well with with Google Ads without spending a lot of money, if you if you're doing some pretty solid offline marketing, which you should be, um, retargeting your website visitors through Google Ads is is a great way of recovering people that have interacted with you that have already started to build that that trust with you and then retargeting and reminding you to come back and make a reservation that is a very way to to reach a highly targeted audience on a very budget friendly level and it removes a lot of the risk the conversion rates when you retarget like that are insane sure and you know that they've you know they've had some sort of interaction with you and that's kind of yes why. yeah yes and if you've done all of the things that we've been talking about today they're going to be as warm as a, as a, as a person you can reach. Mm -hmm. Equally, if you're going for the cold click from Google, if you've done all of the things we're going to talk, we've talked about today, that's going to remove the the risk. Um, and when I say remove the risk, I mean the risk of spending a bunch of money on Google ads and having no people walking through your door. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> so. Um, and it, it depends. We've, we work with many clients from many different industries and some of them are like allergic to Google ads, hmm. you know, <laughs> like they don't want anything to do with it. Um, they don't see that they should be paying for it. They don't see that they should be paying to, 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 to appear for their own brand name, yep. you know, things like that. Um, and they're only interested in the SEO and, and, and that. And then we have clients that want a good balance of both and they get terrified if search traffic accounts for more than 40% of their over, sorry, their overall traffic. Mm -hmm. So different clients, different budgets, different wants, needs, fears, all lead into a wildly different marketing strategies and, and, and plans. So um, Google Ads should only play a part in your marketing plan if it makes sense to play a part in your marketing plan. Um, if you've got a sucky website that looks terrible on mobile, you should not be playing with Google Ads. Yep. Um, first things first. <laughs> yeah, right? you, you got to build those foundations out. So assuming you've taken care of everything and you've got the budget to do so, Google Ads are an intelligent way to, to start, you know, to turn on the leads, turn on the traffic. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got to have those foundations in place you've got to have a store where all the shelves are organized everything is lit well everything functions well you know um and and, and at that everything point, works yeah 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 at that point otherwise you're just wasting money and um if you want my paypal address you, you can just send it straight to me instead that'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> there we go <laughs> um so if a healthcare practice came to you wanting to attract more patients from Google, but they've really never done any sort of SEO before, where would you tell them to start? Like, what's the very first thing you would look at? Every, I have the same conversation with every client, right? And it, it usually goes like this. They show me the website 
they're wondering why it's not ranking and, and they're like oh, i want to let's build more backlinks and i look at the site and i'm like well you've got a ton of on-site problems I'm like no we haven't mm-hmm. no we haven't it's perfect well here's like a 20 page list of the problems you've got <laughs> every time every client's site is perfect and there's no way it can be better um and then until they read that report so the very first thing that we start is a a look at the on-site and you know we we, we spoke about it It's, it's looking have they got the foundation right have they built a foundation that humans love that will then allow google to love it as well and more often than not they haven't and um you know things like trying to one of the things i love to do is disconnect my phone from wi-fi and load the website on my mobile phone Hmm. if that takes longer than two or three seconds then i know that there's significant problems sure um because you know that's often the real world experience of people Mm -hmm. not everyone's on on a desktop or laptop or connected to, to high speed internet so that's where I like to start is with manual observation of just what is the experience? Does it look right on a phone? Can I make a reservation? Is there like some annoying pop-up that stops me from being able to make a reservation? Can I navigate around quickly? Just the very basics of manual observation, something that's again lost in SEOs because we're so distracted by data and this and that and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, just manually observing how the website functions does it function right and more specifically does it function right on a mobile phone you you just can't beat manual observation yeah really getting into your user's shoes and saying hey you know they don't care at all about the technical stuff they just want to know if it works if it's easy to use or you know if it takes forever to load and they get frustrated and go somewhere else right yeah yeah um and that's often missed it's often missed by seos as well (laughs) so that's the first place we start and it's the first place you should start Mm -hmm. um then once we've done the manual observations then we start doing a few basic technical spot checks now if anyone wants to to follow along and do their own kind of I call it a common sense SEO audit in, 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 in the fact that anyone can do it. Um, it's something I actually did on my own blog. Um, if, if you Google Matthew Woodward SEO audit or you hit my blog and, and, and find my SEO audit tutorial, um, and there's a video actually that, that guides you through it, you can go through very quickly and within about 15 or 20 minutes have a good idea of all of the problems you currently face from an SEO standpoint and that will allow you to create a plan of attack on what you should be looking at first um, and how to fix it gotcha so you know on-site audits is is the first place we start now a real on-site audit can only be done by a technical SEO you need someone Mm -hmm. with knowledge and experience and and you know the the manual brain processing in in which to do it but you can also find many of your problems yourself mm-hmm. and fix a lot of them sure um 
you know oftentimes if you've got issues with site speed it, it's just a plugin um you know you can go buy wp rocket install it activate it bing and and fix most of those problems um there's a lot of things that you you, you can do yourself without much knowledge and experience so while you're never going to get to the level of a truly technical seo audit if you follow my common sense or audit you will find a lot of problems and be able to improve your position yourself yeah um, and you get those kind of those pieces of low-hanging fruit if you will that are going to take you maybe not 100 percent of the way there but you'll certainly be better often than when you began yeah oh oh you'll be you'll be if you've never done anything like this before you'll be a million times better off. And it's it, uh, the, the process I created is something that anyone can do in just a few hours. That's from finding the problems to fixing the problems that they find. And it checks a lot of the very fundamental things, a lot of the very basics that many people s skip over. Mm -hmm. um, simple things like, all right, you've got your you've got your address, your phone number, your company information, everything displayed on the website. But have you got it in structured data yeah most people don't even know what that means like what 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 but but it, it makes a difference it's something that is very yeah and it's something that's very easy to check mm -hmm. and it's something that's very easy to implement as well yep um so my common sense audit takes them through how to check that and then how to in integrate it as well um so that's where we start with every client full-blown technical seo audit if you've got just a few hours of time one afternoon and maybe fifty dollars to, to to buy a plugin you can do a very low level uh audit and, and capture a lot of issues yourself cool cool and for those of you who are listening we'll have a uh, link to matthew's seo common sense seo audit uh in the show notes so be sure to check that out um matthew just a couple more questions for you What's, and I know it might be hard to pick one, but if you can only pick one, what's the worst piece of SEO advice you've ever heard? Wow. <laughs> I know that's hard because I'm sure over the years you've heard a lot of really, really bad advice. You know, one of the things that I really hate that that, uh, that I, gets thrown around uh, is 10 times in your content. Hmm. Um, the skyscraper thing. Um Brian, Brian Dean's approach now it does work it is effective and people do see great results doing it but in my opinion 10 times in anything your competitors doing especially when it's coming just to just to a piece of content is a waste of resource you mm. don't need to 10 times it just two times it sure it's better to, to two times five pieces of content than 10 times one piece of content and for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what I'm talking about, 10 times in your content is essentially the strategy where you look at what's currently ranking and you make something that's 10 times better. So if there's like a bunch of like thousand word guides that are kind of here and there, you make a 10,000 word guide with custom graphics and like you make the go-to piece of content on that subject. And that's a great strategy. It does work and it does build your authoritiveness. But there's no there's no reason to 10 times what already exists. Two times it, three times it. Um, the, the, the resources that goes into 10 times in your content is absolutely incredible. And it's not necessary. Hmm. 
it's just completely not necessary. Uh, it, it's just it's just a complete waste of, of resource in my opinion. So that's one of the the more recent and, and common pieces of SEO advice that I hear that I uh, I take issue with. Gotcha. <laughs> From a business standpoint, just you know, when once you tie it into in, 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 into finances and looking at resource management and allocation and all that kind of thing, it, it just doesn't make sense to 10 times content, two times it, three times it for sure. But there's always an opportunity cost and you need to think about, hey, where can I be spending this time and these dollars and these efforts? Yeah. Is there a better place that I could uh, put these resources rather than just spending all your time trying to 10x a piece of content? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You can you can still give people a wow factor and attract all of those links with something that's two two you know two times or three times. Um, gotcha. It, it offers it's diminishing returns after that, you know. Um, okay. So that's um, not the worst piece of SEO advice I've heard, but it, it's something that I hear thrown around a lot, and uh, something that I feel people waste a lot of time and money with. Gotcha. It's good to know. Um, so just, just kind of boiling down our conversation, if there's one thing you would want people in the healthcare space to know about SEO, if you could just distill all of this down into kind of one or two salient points, what, what would those be? I think we've touched on it quite a few times throughout the podcast. But if you're in the healthcare space, your primary objective is people. You're caring for people, you're talking with people, you're making people feel comfortable, you're, you know, people are often stressed or upset or in areas of panic, you're bringing calm and, you know, uh, into their world, you know. So make sure that experience is carried over in, in, in your digital endeavors through your website social media whatever it is just carry you know keep the human in mind hmm. we talked about it many many times throughout throughout this conversation and seo at the end of the day all right it's search engine optimization but at the end it's human searching hmm. and people in the healthcare space know more about the fears and the problems those people are facing than any algorithm ever will mm. because they speak to the people they know they feel it they touch it they every single day so that is is the one thing not that i want you to know about seo but it's the thing that you should be carrying over into your digital experience which in turn will affect and touch your seo but you shouldn't be thinking about it if you're in the healthcare space, think about health, think about people, and how you can carry that experience that you provide in person over to the digital space. I love it. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with you or connect, what's what's the best way to do that? Is that through your website? Yeah, matthewwoodward.co.uk. Um, there's a contact form on there if you need to drop me an email for any reason. Social media it's likely you're going to get a slower response on there. I get so much spam. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, uh, <yeah. laughs> but through the comments box on, on my website, 
uh, through the contact form. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on the podcast. There's a lot of great stuff you shared here, so I think our listeners can uh, get a lot of value out of this conversation, and I uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on.